What is up, my friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. My name is Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be. And have we recovered yet from that game for comeback? I'm not sure if I have. I've been watching Tori Krug to Brad Marchand highlights and Jake DeBrusque over James Reimer highlights and Cliffy Hockey highlights, Charlie McAvoy destruction mode highlights all morning long. And I could not be happier about how our Bruins responded to a flat 40 minutes against the Carolina Hurricanes last night and pulled off the victory to take a 3-1 series lead. On today's podcast, I'm joined by Kaylee Allard of Pucker Up Bruins. You've heard her on the podcast before, and we discuss uh, this very game that we watched last night, as well as uh, some issues for the Bruins moving forward into Game 5 and hopefully able to finish it off there and secure their spot in the second round. Before we do that, let me remind you that The podcast is available wherever podcasts can be found, so please subscribe. Each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download and enjoy. If you could also rate and review the podcast, wink, wink, five stars, that would be very much appreciated. You can find me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And yeah, without further ado, let's get to my latest chat with Kaylee Allard. All right, I am happy to be joined on the podcast once again by Kaylee Allard, who is a contributor for Pucker Up Bruins and, yeah, has become a, a great friend over the last few weeks since jumping on the podcast for the first time. I think this is her third appearance on the podcast. And, uh, yeah, get used to it because she's going to be on quite a bit. How are you doing today, Kaylee? Great. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Third time's a charm. I'm super excited to talk about what happened last night. So I'm in a good mood. Yep. Me too. I I was not in a good mood around, I guess it was a late start. So probably around 9.45, I was feeling uh, pretty, pretty despondent. I'd had a couple adult beverages. The Bruins were losing two nothing. Halak had let in a couple of softies and I was doing uh yeah, not great. Uh what was your what was your feeling after kind of the first forty minutes of, of game three? Yeah, no. so game I feel four game, four. game four, yeah. <laughs> um so starting off, I felt like they came right out of the gate. They were buzzing, they looked really good. I was like, Oh, they are ready to go tonight. Like I thought we were in for a great game. I thought it was gonna be like a back and forth. I thought it was gonna be, you know, pretty even. Um, but then um when Justin Williams scored on the first shot, yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, it's gonna be that kind of game. So that kind of set the tone for everything, I feel like. And then after that, the Bruins just looked flat. So um yeah. by the time uh Martinuk scored to put them up to nothing, I was like I hate to say it, but I was like, there's no way we're going to win this. Like it's, they were two soft goals, not blaming Halak at all for, for it all, but they were, they were soft. I mean, he definitely should have had it. So seeing Halak kind of not being all there and then seeing the boys just look flat in general, I was like, we are in for a really long night. I, I thought there was no way truly. I mean, yeah, those, those Halak goals weren't great. 
but looking back on those first two periods overall, I, you can see like how he, he bailed them out a, a couple of times, pretty big too. It could have been, it easily could have been three or four, nothing heading into the third period. There was one, there was one wraparound opportunity that he got his left pad out for, which was huge. And then Martin almost scored like another couple of times, I think. Um, so yeah, as much as people were down on him for those two goals, I think he deserves some credit for like keeping them in the game so that they could actually do what they what they did in the in the third period. I don't know. What do you think? Do you agree with that he was okay overall, or is that a, a question mark? Do you think? Oh, absolutely. I think he just had a rough start like the rest of the team. I mean, even Bruce Cassidy said those are stoppable pucks like no one was arguing that. So it was just a rough start for him. And you really have to cut him some slack because he has some really big shoes to fill with Tuca opting out. Um, so you really can't look at the guy and be like, hey, you know, you can't lose faith in him. I mean, it's his his second playoff game during the bubble and his head isn't all there. I'm sure he's trying to get in a groove. He's trying to give his team a three to one series lead and help them out. So, I mean, it, it was just a rough start. And then, like you said, it could have been way worse. I'm shocked that it was only two nothing. Mm, yeah, I guess we haven't really we haven't chatted on the podcast together about about Rask just to kind of put a bracket on on game four for a minute. What? I'm assuming, you know, what your your take is going to be, but what are your uh, what are your overall thoughts on Rask's decision and um, yeah, just kind of deciding to to opt out and, and to to head back to Finland to be with his family. Yeah, I don't think it'll come as a surprise to anyone that I'm behind him 110%. Um, Obviously, it's upsetting not having him. We all want our starting goaltender in there. He's one of the best. Actually, he is the best goalie in Bruins franchise history. Um, On paper, it's a fact, not an opinion. So, uh, no, there's more important things than hockey. And we're still in a global pandemic. And people's mental health is affected differently. Everyone reacts of these things differently they're away from family they're in a bubble family can't visit so it's just an entirely different circumstance and that is the reason why players are being given the option to opt out so he's doing what he needs to do and if you can't respect that you are not a human being (laughs) he is a human athletes aren't robots I know they're here for our entertainment, but that's not their sole purpose. And I would yeah. rather have Halak in goal, whose mind is in it 100%, than have an absent-minded Tukarask who might not perform up to his, you know, up to, perform up to par because his mind is elsewhere. So there is nothing about it that I disagree with. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally on the same page. I, I had mixed feelings at first. Like I've said, just because, yeah, like you said, you want to have the best goalie on the team, the best, one of the best in the league there for, for these playoffs, but uh, family certainly comes first and I have no negative feelings at all towards him for, for making that decision. And I think Halak, yeah, he let in those couple of bad goals, but we need to cut him a bit of slack since, yeah, He's only played, it was only his second game in, in a while. And he's still kind of figuring it out. And I think 
the guys in the room have said they they really love Hoak as a person. They they want to support him as much as possible, and I think them lifting him up in that way, like rising to the occasion and and kind of negating those couple bad goals, could be really important for them moving forward. Like for him as well, just to have that that boost to know that he doesn't have to be perfect for them to win. That was, I think that was kind of overlooked as well. Like he let in those couple goals, but their offense looked pretty bad. They hadn't scored five on five. I don't think since Bergeron's game winner in game one, and they weren't really doing him any favors um, to help him. So I think both of those things together until um, Jake DeBrusque scored that, like talk, first talk about bad goaltending. What what was James Reimer doing? Trying to like what the heck? That was hilarious. I was watching that highlight again this morning, and I'm like, what are you doing? That just totally opened the door for the Bruins. Uh, how yeah. happy were you with that goal? Yeah, well, I said that that was our payback for the Halak, the one that Halak let in on yeah. Saturday's game, uh, the one that he literally gift wrapped, it gift wrapped and had an assist on. So I feel like mm -hmm. that was our kind of that was our you know payback for that. So yeah, that was that was a rough one. I actually saw an Instagram post this morning, and it was a picture of Reimer laying on the ice after the Bruins came back in Game Seven in 2013 from being down four to one. And the caption was, "You can take the goalie out of Toronto, but you can't take the Toronto out of the goalie." Ouch, that hurts. <laughs> Yeah, so I I, I kind of feel bad for him, but oh well. I feel bad, but not really at the same time. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> Allow me to pause for a moment here and chat for a moment about rockauto.com. One reason that you should repair and maintain your own car is to save money that you can use for other important things like your mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30 or 50 or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? When you can visit rockauto.com. They're a family-owned business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from literally hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals as well as DIYers. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Yeah, true. It was so good to see DeBrusque score there. For, for me, obviously the top line has been without Pasternak for a few games now. And for me, the second line has been, A, their most consistent line because they haven't really had anybody shifting off that line, but they've been the best line for me. And to see them get uh, get that goal from DeBrusque and uh, seeing how Krejci and Kasha came over right away and like gave them props for it, I think that was great for that line just to get that reward for their efforts kind of thing how are you feeling about that line through oh, the first few yeah. games 
I, I mean, they've definitely been the most fun to watch. And I mean, it's just kind of the result that everyone's been expecting and anticipating seeing Kasha and Krejci, you know, finally mesh together. And everyone knew DeBrusque was overdue for a goal, especially after yeah. he um, rang the post. Um, I forget which game that was, but he had that missed opportunity. And I remember um, last night, ev- all of I feel like all of Twitter predicted DeBrus to score first. Um, yeah. So I feel like everyone felt it was coming. And yeah, it was just nice to see him finally get it. Um, and then, I mean, not only one, but two. And then both were assisted right. by Pasha. So uh, mm-hmm. everything kind of just came full circle and came together. And then even Marshand was able to execute on a breakaway, <laughs> which I feel yeah. like doesn't happen very often. Yeah. So seeing him actually score that beautiful goal, that was like the cherry on top. Yeah. And that pass, that pass from Krug to Marshan to set it up is, I've been watching it all morning. It was so nice that off the boards, just the exact perfect angle. Like I can't, I can't even get over it. I'm not over it yet. That pass, it was so good. Yeah. It was like everything just went too well. Once once DeBrus got the scoring going, it was just it just snowballed. Like everything yeah. fell into place and it was beautiful. And then when Tara Vinen scored with like, what was it? Like not even two minutes left in the third. Yeah. I seriously thought he was gonna throw up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. I, I even tweeted that. I tweeted that exact same thing. I'm gonna barf, I think I tweeted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's because, because I didn't I, want overtime. It was already late enough, already past my bedtime. No. B, yeah, you just don't want that. Yeah, that and what's really funny, I know, I was dreading it. I was like, please just finish it out, please, for the love of God. And I, yeah. I was being a little superstitious last night. I was just sitting on my couch. I wasn't doing anything special. And then I decided during the second intermission, I was like, I really want a pickle right now. So I went and ate a pickle right out of the jar because I love pickles. Oh, and yeah. I was like texting my friend about it. And my friend was like, oh, I bet that's going to be the lucky pickle. And I just like that's laughed it off. I just really want to eat a pickle. So I ate my pickle. Yeah. And then instead of sitting on the couch, I sat on the floor. So those are <laughs> <were> the two, <laughs> those are the two things go. I did. And then DeBrus scored and then they made the comeback. So I was like, okay, I have to eat a pickle now during intermission and I have to sit on the floor. Yeah. And that's like my superstition. That's the key. That's the key moving forward. Floor pickles. Yes. There you go. So every every second intermission from here on out, floor pickles. Exactly. Floor pickles. I guess one of the big talking points this morning uh, on Twitter is Charlie McAvoy's hit. That whole sequence, oh my gosh, I was just in love with. First of all, McAvoy's hit, which I didn't think was dirty at all you could see his elbow came up but I think that was more of like a momentum thing I don't think he meant to get it up like high on stall and certainly not to hurt him but it was just a huge nice clean check for me and then Connor Clifton's goal shortly thereafter was was amazing I've been advocating for him to be in the lineup over Lozon for a little bit now and and he certainly came through that way. Um, first of all, what, what are your thoughts on, on McAvoy's hit? Do you think it was egregious in any way or just uh, a nice clean hit? 
I think it was a great clean hockey hit. Uh, I mean, his elbow came up after contact. If you rewatch it, like you said, it was just kind of a momentum thing. Um, Stahl had the puck. His head was down. Um, it wasn't, he didn't leave his feet or aim high at all. It wasn't malicious. It was just a brick wall type of hit. And I think since it was such a rough hit and Stahl was shaken up, people automatically like to cry out dirty and player safety and blah, blah, blah. But there's a fine line between dirty and just a good hit. And you have to know what makes hits dirty and what makes them good hits. And yeah. I feel like it's true. People just love to rag on the Bruins for it from what I've seen. So, I mean, McAvoy has been suspended in the past for um, a high hit. Um, and I know people were talking about that on Twitter as well. But that hit that he had been suspended for was definitely high. The main point of contact was the head. So I can't argue with that. And right. it's unfortunate Stahl was hurt. I wish him the best. I hope to God he's he's okay. Yeah. I hope there's nothing yeah. wrong. So it's not like we want guys to get hurt, but there was nothing wrong with that hit. And I think that really got the Bruins going and was a huge turning point in the momentum. Yeah. I know it's, it's uh, funny. I don't know if you saw DeBrusque's comments after the game. First, he said that McAvoy, he's got a lot of meat over there, which is pretty funny. But he also said like, it's so weird because Usually, when there's a hit like that, you'd see the fan reaction. This game would have been played in Carolina, so maybe there would have been a lot of booing or something. But mm -hmm. um, he said he didn't see it, and the only way he knew was like by the bench reaction. So that is just like a weird wrinkle in the bubble play, where if there's a huge thing like that, you you only get to see kind of the bench reaction you could hear them just you know hooting and hollering afterwards um and I think it was really a a big I hate to say like hits or fights are big turning points but you could really tell that it it gave them a boost of energy and the fact that Clifton scored pretty soon after as well um the reason I would like Clifton in there is because he is physical and he can provide that kind of hit like McAvoy did even on that rush before he scored he like leveled the guy on his way into the offensive zone and then that wicked shot that he had I think that as much as McAvoy's hit really uh, helped turn the tide for the Bruins obviously the goal means a lot more in terms of the outcome of the game but uh yeah what do you what do you think about Clifton do you think he's a he's a keeper in the lineup or is he kind of just uh, filling filling that spot right now, seeing what he can do. No, I love him. I've, I'm yeah. with you 100%. He's he's exactly what a Bruin is. Like, he's, he's so gritty. He has such a presence on the ice. Like, you can just tell he wants to win. Like, there's just something about his presence and the way he plays. And, you know, they call it cliffy hockey. Like, there's nothing like cliffy hockey. So it's it's just so much fun to watch him and, like, like you said last night, that was just after the McAvoy hit, like it just tied it together perfectly. So I feel like he wants to prove that he belongs on the roster. He's earned his spot. I mean, I can't think of that many times where I've been like, oh, I wish they would sit him or I, I mean, yeah. I love watching him and I'm I'm behind you 100 percent on that. He's great. Yeah, I mean, Lozon, he's a good, solid defenseman, but I think 
uh, Cliffy just brings like that extra, I don't even know how to describe it, just like an extra edge. He can, he's had moments where he's just gone like end to end. He's got a, a pretty nice rocket shot. Like he really reminds me of, uh, he's like a Johnny Boychuk 2.0 kind of thing. Maybe, or maybe Johnny Boychuk yeah. Light would be a better way to say it. That's a great he's way to put it actually. Vibes. Yeah, that's so true. And Boychuk is still a player that I miss to this day. Mm -hmm. I feel like he fits so well. That's so true. having a young guy that resembles him so much is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I really miss Boychuk a lot too. I of all the of all the guys from that team that moved on, he was one of the guys that that I missed the most. Him and probably Nathan Horton, I missed the most from. Although Lucic, I don't know if you've watched a lot of, I haven't watched too much of the Calgary Dallas series, but Lucic is looking, uh, is looking amazing out there for the flames these days. Yeah. He's in prime, like 2011 playoff for him. It's like, he's, it's like he's 26 again. <laughs> I know. I hadn't, I kind of, you know, got a bit cold on him after he left and, and didn't really care as much, but after, he jumped on the Zoom call for with the 2011 team, and just you could see how proud he was to have been part of that team, and he like really led a lot of the kind of emotional part of that call, if there was any, and that really kind of rekindled my love for him, and I'm I'm really happy to see him doing well for the Flames these days. Yeah, definitely. He was actually besides Mark Savard, he was always my favorite Bruin, and I actually oh, yeah. met. Each, yeah, I met Lucic in 2011. He's like the coolest, nicest guy. Like he's like this big teddy bear. Like he's so friendly. Like he's so humble. And I, I wish he would have stayed a Bruin forever. I know he's not in his yeah. prime anymore. But I actually was at the game um, after he got traded to the Kings. I went to his first game back at TD Garden um, when he was oh, yeah. a King. And it was actually on my birthday of all days, too. And, I mean, he got the biggest standing ovation. Like, that place yeah. was on their feet. The crowd was going wild. Like, you can tell he was emotional because his welcome was so warm. Like, you can tell everyone in that building was just going crazy for him, and he loved it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty happy. Not happy, but I was glad that they did end up trading him instead of a losing it for nothing or re-signing him and a lot of the pieces they got in that trade are helping the Bruins now like they got um Martin Jones who they flipped to San Jose for Sean Corrali and then the 13th and 15th picks or something in that which DeBrusque is in there as well um so yeah I was I wasn't too too bummed about that and I'm glad that they got those pieces. Um, speaking of Corrali, he um, started on the third line with Coyle and Danica. And then for the third period, when the Bruins were down, Coyle got bumped up to the top line. Hopefully that won't have to happen again because hopefully Pasternak will be back. But um, that's one of the bigger questions for me right now is like that third line and um, who's going to play on that? Do you, I don't love Bjork on the top line with with um, with Pasternak out. Do you think if Pasternak can't play Game Five, 
Do you have any thoughts on kind of what they should do with the lineup, who should, they should put on the top line? Um, Stanika maybe, or I would love to see even Zach Sineshin get a, a game in there since they have a series lead, maybe put him on the third line. What do you think about that? Yeah, I feel like because we have a series lead now, I mean, not that it's over, we still have to win and we still have to be 110%. But I feel like there's a little bit more flexibility now with the lines. Um, Bjork has definitely been a little rough on the first line, uh, just like Halak has to fill Tuka's shoes. I think Bjork, um, it's really difficult yeah. to try to fill David Pasternak's spot. So uh, we yeah, can't really 100%. fault him for that. It's uh, I love Bjork. I just don't think it's really working alongside Marshan and Bergeron. Um, but I would love to see even Sadnika get a chance. Uh, I've advocated him uh, for mm. him since one. I really like the way he plays. I really like what I've seen from him so far. So I mm. would even be open to that or um, even Coyle again. Like you said, I was okay with that. I just think Bjork has kind of lost his spot on the first line. Um, I just don't yeah. think it's going to work out, which is fine. Um, and then I'm we just have to see for Pasternak. I'm I'm all for not rushing him back. I'd rather have him 110% for the second round if we do advance. So I yeah. feel like just finding that right combination is crucial for uh, tomorrow's yeah. game. I feel like since they did win, now they had the series lead, uh, game five and six are going to be back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday. So I feel like if they had lost last night, then perhaps Pasternak, they could have tried to make him ready for game five since it will be so important. Um, now that they won game four, I feel like they should maybe just keep him out for now and so he gets that extra rest. If they lose game five, maybe bring him back for game six just to finish it off. But, yeah, I, I would prefer now that they have this 3-1 series lead to just let him – take the series off and get them as fresh as possible. And yeah, I would, I wouldn't be opposed to putting Stanika on the top line for, for game five, for sure. Um, I guess we'll have to see kind of what, uh, what practice looks like. I'm assuming they'll have the day off today. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Another guy that I really have been high on this series who I think deserves a lot more credit is um, Joaquin Nordstrom. He's just played so good. He set up that cliffy goal and he's just been blocking shots like an animal. I think he's kind of a, an unsung hero for, for the Bruins so far. Bruce Cassidy really loves that fourth line of Corrali, Nordstrom and Wagner, and they've played really well. Um, I know, you know, back looking back to 2011, the fourth line was so huge for the Bruins in their cup win. Do you think those guys are similar to that kind of line or I think they might even be a little bit better. They have a bit more skill than that old, that old line of Campbell. Well, actually, who was it even on that line? Campbell, Thornton, and and... Paye, Campbell, and Thornton. Paye, right. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I was before you even said it, I was going to make that comparison. I can kind of see them turning into that type of line. Um, obviously, we don't really have an enforcer like Sean Thornton, but they. <laughs> still have that kind of they have that grit and they just have that presence on the ice where it's like 
oh, they have a really solid fourth line. So it's nice to have um, those guys that you can rely on. I mean, how many people can say, oh, our fourth line's out there. We're good. So yeah. I feel like it's a great combination, especially Nordstrom. He is just laying yeah. the body. <laughs> he's putting himself on the line for the team. So what more could you ask for from him? Yeah. Yeah, he just – he um, kills penalties like a beast. And he had that super nice pass to Clifton to set up that goal. Like, I really love that fourth line. I think the Bruins are at their best when they can put out lines built around Bergeron, Krejci, Coyle, and Corrali. That's just a ridiculous – quartet of centers to to build around i don't mind corrali on the third line if necessary but that um stability down the middle is is so key for for championship level teams i think yeah we have the depth it's just unfortunate that we won't have tuca and then pasta's kind of yeah. up in the air right now but when everyone's healthy and everyone's ready to go like we can win it all like i I have no reason to believe that we cannot do it this year. Um, the Tuca thing kind of took the wind out of our sails, but Halak has been a starting goalie. He could be a starting goalie elsewhere. And I think we've talked yeah. about this before, and I think everyone else would agree. He has playoff experience. He has starting goalie experience. He just has to get into the rhythm, which is understandable. So I'd rather him let in a couple soft ones now than mm -hmm. uh, get – final or something and he suddenly doesn't know what's going on so I feel yeah. like everything is going the exact way it should I'm just hoping they can um, stay on the right path and I hope they can rally around Halak and make him feel welcome and make him feel like you know we're all in this together like we're all gonna step up even harder now that Tuka's gone it shouldn't yeah. all be on Halak so there should be no issue with everyone coming together and being able to make it work Mm -hmm. it's crazy what a difference a week makes eh? like this time last week the hurricanes had swept the rangers and everyone was like oh you don't want to play the hurricanes they look so good and the bruins had dropped to the four seed and everyone's like what happened to the bruins they're not going to do anything and now yeah the hurricanes are without one of their best players certainly but the bruins have been without rask and pasternak uh, both now for two games, Pasternak for three games. And even without those guys, they look, well, sure, they did look flat early on in this one, but you see how in the third period they turned it on and they look as dominant. They had more goals in the third than the Hurricanes had shots in the third period. And if they can play like that all the time and add Pasternak, yeah, I don't, the one thing that sucks, obviously, is with the dropping of the four seed, it looks like they could play Tampa Bay in the second round, which would be unfortunate. But I guess that's getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Um, finishing off Carolina is the priority. Do you think they'll be able to get it done in in game five? Or, or um, yeah, do you think Carolina still has a little life in them? Or was this too kind of deflating for them to get over? See, I don't know. I, I feel like this might have fired Carolina up. And yeah, I, mean, I would pretty be embarrassed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they had to wake up this morning with like a loss hangover. Like what happened to us? Like, I feel like 
because I don't really know because I feel like I feel like if this happened to the Bruins, this would fire them up. But I don't know how right. Carolina reacts to situations like this. So I'm a little bit nervous for tomorrow. I, I feel like we could definitely get it done, especially rallying off this crazy comeback. But I also feel like Carolina could be like, no, we're not going out like that because they're still a great right. team. I mean, like you said, everyone was worried about them. Everyone was like, oh, you better watch out. I mean, I saw everyone picking Carolina over the Bruins. Yeah. I think yeah. I think I saw like at least 75% of the predictions I saw were Carolina over the Bruins, whether it be six yeah. games, seven games, and look at it now. So again, it's not over. I was with Pasternak healthy even. Exactly. I mean, if we can do it without two of our best players, Tuca and Pasta, it really yeah. gives me a lot of faith. So I feel like tomorrow could go either way. It just depends who's riding the wave, who's riding right. which wave, if that makes sense. Like if the Bruins are going to come out stronger because of the comeback or if the Canes are going to come back stronger because of their loss. Yeah. It's weird, too, because in a typical year, you'd be like, okay, the Bruins – are going home for game five. So it would be good if they would finish it out on home ice because you don't want to go back to Carolina and have to play game six. And now it's just, yeah, they go back to the hotel, they recover, play game five in the same setting. So it's, it doesn't seem like it has that kind of, um, not, not urgency, but there's not that kind of uh, keeping it from having to travel again and go back to the, a hostile environment in game six you want to avoid that by winning game five so either way i don't i would be you know shocked and devastated if the bruins somehow lost the series i think they're in a pretty good spot right now regardless of, of what happens in game five just because of even that extra non-travel factor Exactly. Yeah, I feel like it makes it a lot easier on the Bruins, but I feel like it also makes it a lot easier on the Canes because they're not traveling yeah. back to Boston and having to face that crowd. So I feel like both both teams is, you know, it's even and it's the same circumstance for them both. So they're like, all right, we're just going to wake up tomorrow, go back to the rink and play another game just like it just like uh, yesterday. So, yeah, you're yeah. right. It's really different without the fans and the home team advantage. So that's why everything I feel like this year is so up in the air. Mm -hmm. For sure. Huh, well, what else, is there anything else that stood out from you in game uh, or last night's game that you wanted to mention? Or I think we pretty much covered all the big all the big things, each, all the goals, the big hits, the uh, roller coaster of emotions. Was there anything else from that game that stood out to you at all? Not really. I think we covered everything that I wanted to finally let yeah. out after holding it all in. So I know, seriously. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I'm looking forward to game five. It's at uh, four o'clock, which will be maybe uh, less conducive to adult beverages, I guess. But the thing I don't like about early games is that if they lose, then you have all that much more time to kind of stew about it. But then if they win, you have more time to relax and stuff like that. So hopefully, actually, I have a, I actually get to play softball this summer, which I thought was going to be canceled for the whole summer because of COVID. But we found a league that has like a six game schedule that's on Wednesdays. So I'm hoping the Bruins win in regulation so that I can go and do that without having to, to worry about hockey. 
Yeah, seriously. And hopefully um, the Blue Jackets and Lightning will win in regulation <laughs> yeah. tomorrow because yeah, they play at noon and then the Bruins play at four. They always yeah. play before us and I freak out. I'm like, can you guys please end it in regulation? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we'll, hopefully we'll chat before the second round, but if the Bruins do end up playing the Lightning, what, what are your thoughts on their chances against Tampa Bay? Well, to be honest, they are the only team that I'm pretty nervous about, but mm -hmm. I also was really nervous about the Hurricanes. <laughs> so yeah. I feel I feel like it's a bit too early to tell, but I feel like Tampa is a great matchup. Um, they, they're, you know, I feel like they match up with us so well due to their physicality, their speed, their experience, just they're so well-rounded and that makes me really nervous. And unfortunately they are also up three, one in the series. So right. it's not looking great, but, um, I, like I said, I was just as worried about Carolina. So I think that we could yeah. do it if we really had to. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I, maybe I'm being too optimistic, but if the Bruins, like with Pasternak, with their four lines rolling, uh, with Cliffy on the third pairing, Halak playing, you know, even average to above average. I don't, I can't think of a team that I'm like, in the East anyways, that would be overly scary. Yeah, apart from Tampa. But I, I think the Bruins can hang with Tampa. I am scared of like, Colorado or Vegas out west, they look like real juggernauts. But um, for now, I, I'm very confident about about our Bruins, especially with this three-one series lead. It's always better to have a lead than than not, obviously. Um, yeah, it's yeah. a really nice cushion for sure. Mm -hmm. I know. I was thinking about that the other day, like thinking back to playoff experiences and just like. To not have to face a series deficit is such a bonus because if you're down in a series, you just have those couple days just to think about it. Like if they lose another game, then they'll be two games down, and that's just you know worst case scenario. But to just be able to be like, yep, my team is either tied in a series or up in a series, it just makes it so much easier just to go about <laughs> daily life until the next game starts. Yeah, I mean, being up three to one, it's like, hey, even yeah. if Carolina wins, we still have the lead. So exactly. we can breathe, and it's a really nice series lead, so we just have to take it and run with it. Yeah. Well, I think that's all the hockey stuff I had to chat about. How how are things going for you just in general these days? Are you doing a lot more hockey writing? Where can people find your stuff? Where can people follow you on Twitter? What's going on in uh, in Kaylee's world? Yeah, so still with uh, Pucker Up, so still been doing the articles for them, which is great. Um, they're amazing. I love the Boston team and everyone over there, so still doing Pucker Up. And then I am actually um, joining Bruins Diehards as well, so I'll be writing for them. Um, I'm just kind of, you know, getting everything together, so I haven't started this 
yet. But yeah, I have a new gig, so I'm super excited about that. They're a really cool. awesome team, so I'm really honored yeah. that they invited me on. Uh, so that's awesome. really awesome. And then, of course, my Twitter, you can follow along with all my crazy tweets at the number 2KA Rask, Duke Rask. So you can catch me there, and then you can uh, find my articles at puckerupsports.com. Very cool. And uh, I wanted to mention too, people can't see because it's obviously a podcast, but I very much appreciate you decking out in Bruins gear for our, uh, for our chats. That's a very nice touch and I appreciate that. Yes, I have the 2011 Stanley Cup champion shirt on. So I had to represent um, one, one yep. of the, one of my favorite shirts since it's the one I know. Uh, that all the players wore. So it's, it's a really cool shirt. I almost don't want to wear mine anymore because it's, you know, obviously nine years old and I just don't, I want to preserve it as long as possible. Maybe, yeah, maybe I, I haven't, I can't even tell you the last time I wore this. Yeah. I know I've got mine. I don't even know where mine is, but I don't want to, I have that and I still have, um, I bought like the, the hockey news edition, special edition when they won and the sports illustrated special edition when they won and I've got those tucked away like so that they don't get faded by the sun or anything like that. Oh yeah. They're, they're prized possessions. Yeah. I also have a, I don't even, I don't know where that is either, but I have a puck that was signed by Rich Peverly when I met, when I went to see him with the cup as well. I think one of my boys yeah. has it in their room. That was that awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. He's a good guy. He He's is. one of I my favorites. Yeah, for sure. He always scored some big goals. Yeah, he always came up big. I miss him. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Well, thanks again so much for for jumping on, Kaylee. Like I said, uh, we're gonna try to make this as regular as possible. So look forward to that, folks. And uh, always great, always great to have you on. Thanks. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it again. And I'm super excited for tomorrow. Let's see if we can close it out. Amen. Yep. Well said.